some young people complain that the church doesn't listen to them or that the church is out of touch with their reality. So, do they mean that their local priest or parish is out of touch with them? Or do they mean the whole universal church? Because it's not always the same thing. The more I speak with young people, the more I get the sense that their church experiences are very much based on their local parish experience. And sadly, that's not always great. But is the universal church really out of touch? I spoke with a group of young people recently and it seemed to me that they were the ones that were out of touch with the church. They complain about bad music, but they don't know that there is great music out there. They complain about bad homilies, but there are some great homilies. They complain about youth group that's not welcoming, but there are some amazing youth groups. There are so many great resources made by the church, like this program, but young people may not know. So, if you're someone who's complaining that the church is out of touch, go out there and do some searching. You may be surprised at what you find. Remember, you are the church, and listen to this program. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I'm Billy Chen. And today we continue with our usual show format. I knew you guys last week were like, we have a format? Um, <laughs> but the, we do have a format. Emily is here with our news. So what's exciting? Anything exciting happening in the yeah, church Yeah, I, I mean, lots happened this week. Um, but uh, it was the 25th anniversary of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, yes. I know, a huge anniversary. So we'll just yeah. briefly mention uh, something that happened around that this week uh, at the Vatican. Um, also, um, another anniversary um I'll just say that because I tend to say way too much at the beginning of the show. Yeah. So I'm just going to say there's another really cool anniversary that was marked as well this week um, uh, for the Holy See and uh, a trip a that trip. the Pope is going to be doing. Anniversaries and trip. Yeah. Coming up. They go Emily together Kellen. really they well. They go together really well. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. And then after, um, uh, after Emily's news, Jillian Cantor will be here uh, to tell us what she learned from her kids uh, the, these last couple of months. And as always, Billy has a question. Yes. To, today, I'm going to talk about altar service. I have a altar lot of questions about altar service. Okay, good. So I'm sure we have some altar servers that are out there listening. So maybe you can help answer the questions for yeah. Billy. Billy wants to be an altar server. He wants to know how <laughs> he can be an altar server. Okay, so then the big question of the day is, what does the church need to know from young people? And I know, I mean, this whole week, uh, our, our our main guest today is Cardinal Kevin Farrell mm -hmm. from the, Deca I mean, he's the guy who's, uh, I don't know, the dicastery that's in charge of young people. Yeah. So what do you guys, I mean, Emily, we taped this show this week. I know. It was great. Um, it was awesome to have uh, the Cardinal, who, as you said, is the prefect for the dicastery for the Lady Life and Family. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and yeah, he's, he's in charge of, you know, getting all the bishops together um, for, uh, for right. the Synod on Youth. So he'll be in charge of the Synod. Year. He's also in charge or like of the World Meeting of Families. Yeah. And then World Youth Day, like everything that's happening in the next year or so. Yeah, exactly. And uh, well, yeah, you were mentioning this event and these young people who came to our studio so we could, you know, we mentioned it last week in the show. Right. Uh, this this um, forum that people will be able to watch on our network on August, on October. August, sorry. Yeah. Still on summertime. <laughs> October, October 22nd. 22nd. Yeah, next Sunday. Um, and, uh, and they'll just get to see that... 
you know, young people are really taking this seriously. Okay, so why are we doing this? Why do, does the church need to? I've just ranted about how it's the young people who are out of touch with the <laughs> church. Complaining for no reason. And not Pedro. the church. No, but <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Mm. Do, why does the church, maybe no, not why does the church need to listen to young people? Why, what does the church need to listen from young people? Is that the right question? Well, yeah, it is. A, yeah, that is the right question. There are a lot of answers to that question, though. I think you're right to say that there are already a lot of good things happening, and and we should be focusing on those things as well. Like there uh-huh. are things that are out there, and I think sometimes um, it's not just young people, but I think um, you know uh, youth ministers or teachers right. or parents are not just not aware of what's out there. And so, um, how do you? How well, do you it leave? is. Yeah, they're limited yeah. to their little experience now. Right. I, exactly. Um, yeah. I know. So that we have this synod that's that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the church listening to young people. Mm-hmm. So you think that there's going to be a whole bunch of young people going to the synod. Mm-hmm. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sure. There is a pre-synod happening in March. I don't know, you know, yeah, how many of news. these young people. Yeah. So the pre-synod in March, um, I think that the whole point is that it will be like a forum for young people. Yes. Just young people and exactly. not a bunch of bishops. And will help, really help prepare the bishops to the synod. I think... Um, you know, what What they really want, from what I understand and from what I've been hearing, is that they just, they want to get to the heart of the matter, right? So there's there, there's kind of, um, they just want to be, to be real. But what and is the, that my question is, and yeah. I'm putting this not just to the two of you, but out sure. there mm-hmm. in radio sphere, what is the matter? Like, if we want to get to the heart of the matter, yeah. you need to know what the matter is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the matter is, because yes, there's bad ministry, <laughs> and yes, there's great ministry. So are we, you know, the Pope says that this synod is not just for Catholic youth, it's for all youth. True. But yeah. unless we fill that forum with a bunch of kids who are not Catholic mm-hmm. and we ask them, what do you point. guys want? Right. What are you looking for? Yeah. Do you ha- do you have a, pl- do, do you do you care about the church? Mm-hmm. Do you have a place for the church in your life? It's and then And then what? They tell us something that the church doesn't agree with. And so we've listened to them. And then what? We tell them. Yeah, we'll just listen to you, but you're wrong. <laughs> and then that's the end of the discussion, right? Right, good question, yeah. Yeah, but I think itself, that the event itself about the youth forum or the youth, like uh, the synod about the youth, I think itself is already an action for the okay. church to talk about, uh, uh, we are listening to you. Okay, that's we fair. We care about you. Only that the event itself is already saying that, I think. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's leave it there. This is good. I, I hope this is maybe... Spurting, spurting, <laughs> encouraging some conversation out there. And, and again, you guys can write to us and tell us what you think. Of course. Radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm on Facebook, also Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM, at Emmy Callan, yep. at B. Joe Chan. They're much nicer than I am if you want to just write to them. <laughs> um, so um, we're going to be talking about not so much these specific issues with Cardinal Farrell, because I do want to understand a little bit more about what he does and with the synod, the focus of the synod and the world meaning of families and world youth and how all those three things are interrelated. Um, but we'll see what that conversation brings. So that's at the end, uh, sorry, in the beginning of our second half hour. And at the end of the program, as we always do, we, we have an artist. So we're going to be reconnecting with uh, Mikey Needleman. Mikey is an artist that uh, lives in Kansas City in Kansas and he has a new album it's called We Ask of You it's a liturgical album so songs that you can sing at mass um, not like p- 
parts of the mass, but like opening and closing and the sequence for Pentecost mm. and a song about healing waters and stuff. So uh, so we're going to be talking to Mikey about his album uh, at the end of the program. So let's start with a song, as we always do. Here's Mikey Needleman with Healing in the Waters from this new album, We Ask of You. was Mikey Needleman with Healing in the Waters from his new album We Ask of You and we're going to be speaking with Mikey in our second half hour and standing in the wings is Billy uh, getting ready for Church for Dummies and uh, in five minutes uh, Jillian Cantor will be here with what I learned from my kids but first Emily is still here with our news anniversaries and trips. Exactly so first anniversary uh, as I mentioned was the 25th anniversary of the Catechism of the Catholic Church so this was uh, promulgated by John Paul II 30 mm-hmm. years after the Second Vatican Council yeah. um, so obvi- huge document and um, uh, there was a meeting this week uh, to, to mark that anniversary with the Pontifical Council for the New Evangelization and Pope Francis addressed the members of this uh, of this council um, 
Um, and uh, yeah, so he was just, you know, reminding them about how valuable of an instrument this was, you know, to really um, be able to look you know, this is, it wasn't just a tool of the past or it wasn't just reiterating, right. you know, something of the past, but really um, to be able to help uh, our understanding of modern modern issues and mm-hmm. challenges through the light of faith. Um, there is one, one thing that he, he did focus on, however, um, was on the um, capital punishment. Ah, yes. So he, um, you know, he said... That, you know, in, in the Catholic uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, it stipulates that it's right to... Um, that it could be, that it, yes. That it could be, that exactly. That yes. it's permissible um, if, if it is the only... Yes. It's like basically the ultimate recourse, right? And the only, only under certain conditions. But Pope Francis was saying capital punishment is inhuman and inadmissible no matter what the crime it yeah. was committed. So it's, interesting. Yes. so it's interesting because there was a whole conversation around it. Um, Archbishop uh, Reno Fisichella, um, he, you know, was interviewed by Vatican Radio and spoke about the evolution of, of doctrine. And in this case, how, yes. um, you know, uh, despite despite what it is saying on capital punishment, yes. um Pope Francis is clearly saying something different. Yes. Um, and so... Well, even John um, Paul II yeah. was saying something different mm-hmm. af- around the time the catechism was written. So, so that's a very yeah. interesting conversation. Yeah. yeah. Not one we can have right now. No, but not putting one, it but maybe something. Maybe we should have Sister Helen Prejean on the program. She would uh, set us straight good, on yeah. the capital punishment. Um, w- the one thing I do want to say is that a lot of people look at the catechism like yes. it's like it's like the law. Right. And it isn't. It's a pastoral document. So right. it's like you can't look at the catechism and follow it like rule by rule. It's not a rule book. Right. It's 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 living. And so. Exa- and that's exactly yes. what the Archbishop was saying. Yes. Is that there it, there is room to, um, there's dynamic. Because yes. the, the goal, he said, is that you're always searching for the truth. Yes. Right. So and the Holy Spirit is the one who continues to reveal more and more about the right. truth. Right. Right. So, so, yeah. So we look at the catechism um, through a pastoral lens. Exactly. That's, that's always good. Good. Yes. Happy anniversary catechism yes um second anniversary uh 75th anniversary of diplomatic relations between japan and the holy see i thought that was really neat because uh japan is the first asian country who had formal uh diplomatic relations with um the holy see yeah it happened during world war ii so 1942 Mm. is when they were formalized and uh, japan had asked the holy see to mediate peace efforts uh, during the war and uh, today the apostolic nunciature is in tokyo oh so and as we know uh, the catholic church has been present in japan since the 16th century because of jesuit missionaries we know because of the movie silence and also the movie silence (laughs) and my parish is holy (laughs) martyrs of japan there you go saint paul miki and companions so yeah. so happy anniversary ha- Japan, Japan and, and Vatican, Vatican <laughs> relations and then you said you had news about a trip yeah Pope Francis is going to Myanmar and Bangladesh yes. at the end of November Myanmar yeah that's going to exactly. be a difficult one. I know um there, I'm sure there's going to be lots to talk about in regards with that trip. It's happening between November 27th and December 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, the program like was that. revealed this week. He's going to be obviously giving many, many speeches and doing tons of cer- uh, mm-hmm. celebrations. Um, so more info to come on that. But just uh, keep your ear out. Um, we're probably we're probably going to be uh, bro- broadcasting uh, some Absolutely. of those events. So. Absolutely. So you can always follow the Pope and all his trips on 
uh, uh, through us, uh, through yeah. Salt and Light, saltandlighttv.org. Exactly. So thank you, Emily. You're Emily welcome. Callen, our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can follow her at Emmy Callen and be sure to tune in on October 22nd, either online or on TV, to watch this forum on youth, faith, and discernment. Actually, not just to see Emily, but also to see me because I'm in it too. Um, and all our, our wonderful team here at Salt and Light. Thank you, Emily Callen. Again, follow her at Emmy Callen. Hi, this is Mikey Needleman, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome to the program. Happy, su- I guess, happy summer. Welcome back to the program. <laughs> Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving! Yes, <laughs> yes. Last week, um, I- I'm sure that w- your 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 family life summers are always exciting. Oh no, we just sit around and look at each other. It's really dull. All seventeen of you. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you learn from your kids? Did you learn something this summer or this well, last month from your kids? Well, amazingly enough. After all this time apart, not speaking, and the first thing I'm going to tell you is not so much a lesson from my kids, but here's what I learned from other moms on the internet. Oh. <laughs> that could be a whole other segment. Moms hanging out on the internet. Well, not really. It's like me reading their blogs and following their Instagram posts and pretending they're my real friends. Oh. <laughs> but I learned things from them, so somehow the friendship is validated. Okay. I, CatholicMom.com, is that in the, in the picture here somewhere? Um, the, well, you'd be surprised. There is... You can get yourself into quite a web of Catholic mom blogs. I can imagine. So what have you learned from other moms online? All right, well, let's start with a little bit about um, our kids and mass and their behavior lately. Yeah. And maybe it's summer, and maybe they're restless, and maybe it's hot. I, I don't know, really. But it seems like all the morning leading up to mass, run, run around, having a great time, busy, busy yelling, can't get enough of playing, and then we get to mass, and all of a sudden, they're exhausted, and they can't stand up. Or if they're standing up, they can't stop leaning on the pew ahead of them, or they can't stop whining. And this is, this is the whole collection of them behaving like this, including the oldest, Joseph, who's almost nine. And he's received his first communion, and he has his own missile, and he knows how to follow along, and he knows the proper responses. And so there'll be some Sundays where he's really good, and he's doing what little boys should do in mass and then there are some Sundays where you're like have you ever been here before do you know what you're supposed to do why is this so hard for you and and the lesson here isn't so much a lesson as it a question my own question for everyone else out there what do I do I don't know <laughs> I, I just hit a wall where I'm like I we've tried everything and I don't know. I don't know why he's behaving like this. I don't know how to encourage him to participate. I don't know how to communicate to him that this is a beautiful privilege that we get to participate in the Mass, and it's not a punishment. So we've tried speaking all those words to him, but we're still struggling with just lack of enthusiasm about going to Mass. And so as I peruse these mom blogs and I'm reading different articles and um even looking at their Instagram pages and Instagram stories and hearing the things that they have to say. There was this one post by this mom. She, I think, was maybe struggling with the same thing, and she was witnessing another mom of teen children, teenage children, mm-hmm. and and they were. 
she acknowledged that they were really well behaved. It wasn't just one instance. She knew knew the family, and she knew that the kids participated in youth ministry, and that they were really good kids. And so she questioned the mom, how did you do it? And the mom's answer was, I let them wiggle a bit more in mass than others would have liked. Right. And the reason being was that she never wanted mass to be a place of punishment for these kids. She didn't, they didn't, she didn't want them to um, feel like it was a place where you went and you had to stand still and be absolutely quiet, and then mm-hmm. if you uttered a peep, then you got in trouble. And I, I, that just made me really <laughs> think about how we are treating our kids in mass, um, and whether it's the, the carrots that were dangling in front of them, like, if you're good, yes. then you can, you can get donuts on the way home. I don't want them to see math no. as a place where you get treats either. No. It's just, this is the reality. This is our faith. This is where we celebrate. This is where we praise God and we come together as a community. I want, I want that to be the general understanding. I also don't want it to be a place where they feel like they get punished and that that's what they associate, it, associate math with. Mm-hmm. So it was just really interesting perspective. It's also really hard because I don't want to distract other people so if my kids are a little bit more squirmy or wiggly because I want them to feel comfortable, I don't want that to make other people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I also realize I need to come to a place where my best interest or my main motivation is getting my children to heaven and not necessarily making other people's path to heaven an easy ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which isn't to say I'm going to let my kids be noisy just to challenge the people around me, yeah. but I also need to keep my perspective on them, on my kids, and how I can help them sit through Mass, but also be themselves and participate the, as best they can, obviously without flopping around. Yes. <laughs> Being less distracting to others, but also keeping my kids as the number one goal there, that they are finding this to be their home and a place where they can be themselves and also love God. Yes. So, so thanks, random mom from the internet. It really gave me something to think about. Yeah, that, 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 that is good advice. That to, to, to sometimes we feel that we don't want to be bothering anybody else, but yeah. kids have to be kids. Yeah. And I love when you hear priests. I think you might have been the one who told me once that you were happy to have a priest tell you it's okay to let the kids, you know, maybe not run around, but if they yeah. want to vocalize, you know, that means they're <laughs> kids. Some things of to course. Say. I'm going to tell you a story a friend of mine did very quickly. So he has seven children, mm-hmm. and they would always, you know, take up the whole pew at Mass. And it was one of these days, and the kids were, I mean, your kids are much younger than what, the age that these kids were. So they would, they went to mass, 10 o'clock mass, mass, they were horrible and talking and just not behaving the way kids should behave at mass. Yeah. And so mass finished and dad and mom just stayed sitting down and the kids were like, are we leaving? <laughs> and, and dad's like, no, we're staying for the 1130 mass. You guys can't behave during the 10 o'clock mass. We're going to do another mass. That was the last time they misbehaved during mass. And what I told my kids, because I had been telling them, I have two boys, as you know, and I had been saying, you know, do you guys want to be altar servers? And I knew that they were not really interested in being altar servers. Mm. So one day I finally said to them, okay, if, if you either you behave at mass or you're going to be an altar server. <laughs> and that was the last time they misbehaved at mass. So sometimes threaten, threats work. <laughs> Just as the donuts do sometimes as rewards. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're encouraging donuts or threats. But, you know, sometimes, you know, if I'm particularly well-behaved in mass, <laughs> I appreciate a donut. So Absolutely, I, yeah. I, like, I feel like I deserve one. <laughs> there you go. go. So there you go. We'd be curious to know what, uh, what uh, moms listening to this program have to say. So, you know, you can always reach us 
uh, via emails, uh, radio at sultanlighttv.org or through me, uh, to, through Facebook or Twitter at, at me, Deacon Pedro. Jillian, thank you so much. I'm glad that you're learning something mm-hmm. from the moms on the internet. You're not spending too much time online, but no, rather no, spending no. time with your I'm children. I'm paying attention to my kids at all times, I promise. Very good, especially <laughs> at Mass. All right, thank you very much, Jillian. Thank you. Jillian Cantor, she's the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. Hi, my name is Noel Garcia, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can listen to any portion of this program and all our programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. Church for Dummies <laughs> with Billy Chan, who has a question about... Let's, you know, it's a topic. Okay, a topic. Okay, let's it's do the topic. Okay, because okay. I do not know if we have enough time to cover everything today. Okay, okay. okay. But um, let's, you know, let's begin with what's other service. Oh, definition, geez. definition. An alter, the the server, yeah. is he assists the priest and the ministers at Mass. So, basically, the priest cannot do everything. The priest Do you can. Mean that? Oh, okay. The, the priest. I, I think the priest can, and, and and a lot of people who might be in a parish or a mission church where there is no, there are no servers. You know, a yeah. priest can can do it all. Um, but it is appropriate to have people helping in the same way that we have lectors. Yeah. I mean, the priest okay. could do all the readings and could also grab a guitar and sing a song. <laughs> but it is appropriate that there are different functions. So, but why um, do we need this on the surface? Um, you don't. I don't okay. know if, well, I don't know, actually. If anybody out there, they might be writing and saying, you're wrong, all the liturgists <laughs> out there telling me. It used to be that there were, uh, you know how, w- w- so we ordain priests. There are three orders, the order of deacons, priests, and bishops. Uh-huh. There used to be about seven orders. Wow. So, like, the or- welcomers. Acolyte. Oh. Acolyte is the server. Uh, the elector. All those were orders, which were, uh, yeah, orders, I guess, uh, uh, roles okay, in, the, in the in church. The Exorcist was also one. Oh. So, so we've done away with those as formal orders. They used to be called minor orders. So, but for example, as a deacon, and priests and bishops too, but as deacons, we are first installed as acolytes, okay, servers, okay, okay. and then we're installed as lectors. Okay. Whereas ordinary ministers, or sorry, extraordinary ministers are not installed necessarily in the same way. Uh, but so there is a function that is to serve at Mass. I see. So, but you know, nowadays we almost only see other boys. Or girls, oh, bo- actually. Or boys and girls. Mostly, mostly but girls, actually. Most, yeah, but yeah. you know, when I was like, Back then in, in church, only boys can do the other service. Yeah. Well, but yeah. why is it because, changed? It? No, because so you boys because that is a remnant of the fact that it was a minor order on on the way to ordination to the priesthood. Uh-huh. So that's why it was only men or boys. Oh. Um, okay. But we don't have that anymore because <laughs> a server is not preparing to be a priest. So it's perfectly uh, appropriate for it to be in the same way that a lector doesn't have to be a man. Yeah. It could be a woman. So it's okay to have a girl. Absolutely. It could be. I uh, see. Absolutely. I see. Is there any age limit for auto server? Um, I don't know if officially there's an age limit, but the norm is that they should have made their first communion. Okay. So it's not about the age. It's about yes. uh, the process. In fact, there was a little girl in my parish who really, really, really wanted to be a server. And really? So Did somebody my, really want to be a my, service? My, our pastor, yeah, our pastor allowed her to make her first communion a whole year earlier. So she wow. was six years old instead of seven. She was in grade one instead of in grade two. And so that she could start serving and she's great. You know, I remember, you know, why I asked this question? Because I remember I was in 
uh, a town, a, a very small town uh, a day. Yeah. And um, they have, they, there is a church. The average age of the people are 65. Okay. And they still have all the service. They, they are actually... Um, yes, old people, but you know they are they, they they still serve. So that's why I asked this question. Yeah, no, there's no age limit to start, and there's no age limit to end. Okay. In fact, it's very commonly if you go to daily mass, where there aren't young people because yeah, they're yeah. in school, the the people helping or serving are are adults. So basically, Emily and I can still be. You can be a server. <laughs> Any 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 church out there looking for a server? Billy's looking for a job as a <laughs> server, so send him an email and 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 bring him on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay, wow. You so know, there's some questions about servers. That's that's good. That's all that's my questions. Yeah. Know. Okay. Any any altar servers out there listening? Send Billy an email. Thank you, Billy. What's your email? Do you have an email? I have a. a you know, just go to sunlighttv.org and you will s- B- send us an email. B Chan. Okay. <laughs> anyway, radio at saltandlighttv.org or Twitter. Yeah. Uh, at B. Joe Chan and me, of course, at Deacon Pedro. Thank GM. you. Thank you, Billy. Good questions. Billy Chan, he's a resident dummy. <laughs> and he's also the webmaster here at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him and send him all the questions you want at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, a featured chat with Cardinal Kevin Farrell. And we reconnect with singer-songwriter Mikey Needleman. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, I bring you a special conversation I had with Cardinal Kevin Farrell earlier this week. By now, I'm sure everyone has heard about uh, an event called World Youth Day. They've heard of an event called the World Meeting of Families. They might even have heard about an event called the Synod of Bishops and the next one, of course, on the theme of Uh, youth, faith, and discernment, but probably most of you have not heard that there is a a department in the Vatican that's called the Dicastery for Laity, Life, and Family, and that this Dicastery is, in a way, maybe our guest today will tell me that I'm wrong, but that they're in a way responsible for all those events. And uh, maybe to, as I said, clarify, I am very, very happy to have with me today Cardinal Kevin Farrell. He's the prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Life, and Family. Cardinal yes, Farrell, welcome you. to the Sultanite Hour. Thank you so much. So are you going to tell it's me that I'm, that I'm wrong, here. that you're actually not responsible for all those events? Hey, um, it depends on what you word <laughs> mean by the word responsible. Uh, certainly, uh, we're the one that oversee those events. Right. Um, the first one coming up being, in part, the Synod. Uh Although we're involved in this synod, especially only because it is uh, a synod of young people. Right. Uh, We would normally, there is an office in the Vatican that is the secretariat for the synod Mm -hmm. that Cardinal Baldessari is in charge of. Yes. Uh, However, this one being about youth and young people, and that being part of laity, right? Uh, it is we are we do have a special role in it this time, and then of course in um, that the Pope has called, as you know, a new synod, a pre-synod, mm-hmm. which will take place in March, uh-huh. right before Palm Sunday, when we would usually have a gathering of youth, young people, where we reflect on World Youth Day. Mm-hmm. Um, because in Rome they celebrate World Youth Day on Palm Sunday. Right. Uh, so 
you know, this year it's going to be a synod where they're going to bring maybe 300 people, young people from all over the world Wonderful. to gather. And it's the wish of the Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, who plans to drop by a few times during the week. It's his desire that they publish a document mm-hmm. um, and that that document be given to all of the bishops who participate in the formal synod that, that takes place in October. Right. Is it fair to say that one of the reasons, maybe for all synods, but definitely for this one, is that the church wants to listen to, in this young case, young people, people but listen yes. to the people and, and what struggles or challenges or joys yes. they, are, they are going through? And to let us know, as in the event that we had yesterday, right. regarding from Salt and Light, regarding yes. young people all over Canada. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to hear that maybe catechetically the church is out of contact with young people. Right. And so the Pope wants, um, Pope Francis would like us to be discussing exactly what the young people said uh, in reference to the church. Right. Uh, because we can go off on, you know, abstract ideas and principles, but mm-hmm. doesn't solve the problem of the reality mm-hmm. of life. Now, it's interesting that this synod on youth is also, I mean, it's very much in line with the theme of the next World Youth Day. Yes. Which has to do with, I mean, because the theme is from from that first chapter of Luke, I am the servant of the Lord. Yes. That's very much a vocational discernment. Um, of course, uh, a theme. So it's they're very much aligned. That's also not a coincidence. No, they're all aligned because uh, Pope Francis. If anybody sits down to study, everything is integrated mm-hmm. into one mission, right. one outgoing, bringing the church out to the people of God, right? And everything is interconnected. Uh-huh. And that's why when he chose uh, to do the Synod on the family, uh, people were beginning to wonder, well, why the family and why this? To Francis, the family is essential to the evangelization, and a fruit of family is human life, is young people. Right. And so it was obvious that it was going to be uh, from the very beginning, it was this synod was going to be on young people. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I believe at the gathering you mentioned that we hosted here at Salt and Light, um, that one of the young people said that you cannot do youth ministry outside of the context of family, family. ministry. Yes, which is interesting. Now, th- so the previous synod was on the family. Yes, and now there's also a world meeting of families. Yes, in your home country. Yes, there's a world meeting of the family in Dublin in August of twenty of next year, of 2018. twenty eighteen. Lots of things going on. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, the synod, the pre-synod, the family, the synod, and then we go to Panama, which yes. is World Youth Day in January. Yes, we don't even have a break of one year between all of these no. events. So, no. but it'll be a good conclusion. Panama is going to be good fun. Yes, Panama yeah, will be uh, very uh, enjoyable. It will be very successful, I believe. Um, it may not be as big as it has been in other parts of the world. Right. But also, as Pope Francis has explained, Panama was chosen because it is the link between north and south. True. True. And it is the road that goes between south 
and north and north and south. Yes. It is also where the Eucharist was celebrated. Speaking of evangelization, the Eucharist was celebrated on terra firma. On on mainland. Mainland. Yes. Uh, for the, the continent for the first time. Yes. Was Panama. Yes. It may have been celebrated in the Dominican Republic, but that's an but island. That's an island, yes. It was, and that's where the evangelization of the Americas began. began. And this is a moment what, where Pope Francis, after the Synod on the Family, the Synod on Young People, wants to initiate once again mm-hmm. this desire for evangelization of the Americas, mm-hmm. yeah. which goes back all the way to John Paul II when he had the Synod on the Americas. Yes, in place in America. Yeah, and so it's all interconnected. It's all coming for, together. Yes. And that's why he chose Panama also because um, many of the people of Central America, which tend to be the poorest people right. of the continents of North and South America, live in Central America. And this is a chance for them. They will get there on buses and, you know. Right, whichever way they can get there. Get there. Because they normally don't get a chance to go to go World, to World Youth Day. Absolutely. We also have, you know, many other uh, possibilities of from the islands that mm-hmm. they have the possibility the of in the Caribbean, yes. the possibility of going there. And also the summer southern hemisphere because it will be in January. So all these people that are normally in school mm-hmm. during July or the summer, our yes. summer months, our summer are, months. will be off school now. That's right. So that should be interesting. I wanted yeah. to go back to the World Meeting of Families because in the same way that you, your office would not normally be involved uh, in a synod, but you would be involved in a world youth day or a world meeting of families yes. because families are laity and it's yes. laity life and family. So how does that uh, how does that work? I guess in terms of you, the, the, the castery and the event that's going to happen in in Dublin next year. Obviously, part of the the castery has been the council for the family, which yes. is now part of our dicastery. Yes. And they uh, are involved in the theme of the world gathering of the families, the organizational part of the world organization for the family is done by the Archdiocese of Dublin Mm -hmm. in Ireland. Um, We kind of work on the program. Okay. um, Of what is content, the content of it. It's a little different. The whole approach is a little different than the World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. The World Youth Day is much more a gathering of relationships. Right. Um, It's a much larger event. Yes, Yes. much, much larger. I mean, there's no comparison to the numbers. Um, We will have renowned speakers on who will discuss and Amoris Laetitia. Right. And discuss the... uh, the important parts of Amoris Laetitia and not the footnotes in uh-huh. chapter 8. Right. But chapters <laughs> 1 through <laughs> 9, you know. Everything and else. especially 4 and 5. Right. And they will open up and try and explain that. And we will have um, many people from all over the world who are also um, involved in family life ministry mm-hmm. uh, in their different countries. Yeah. So uh, it will be a very interesting gathering yes. in Dublin. And uh, it 
it will be the first major event of the church to explain Amoris Laetitia. Yes, and of course, to our listeners, Amoris Laetitia is the apostolic exhortation, or the, the, the document, document that came yeah. out of the synod, the previous synod, which was on the family. Yes. Um, it's very exciting. There's so much going on. I know you're very busy. We're yes. so honored to have you in your busyness to, to stop over in Toronto to visit us. Um, but I'm also glad that since all these events are in sint, sint, as we say in Spanish, in sintonia, in, in, in sintonia, in yes. sinton, they're in sync. That we don't have to prepare for five different events. We can just prepare once, and it's the same preparation. Yes, for the synod, for the world meeting of families, and for World Youth Day. And uh, I guess that's kind of the same preparation we should be doing in our daily spiritual life and 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 journey anyway. Yes as we live our Christian life do. in the reality of the world today. Amen. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for being with us. Yeah. That was a conversation I had with Cardinal Kevin Farrell earlier this week. Cardinal Farrell is the prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life. You can learn all about them at laityfamilylife.va. And of course, you can learn all about all those events, the World Meeting of Families, the Synod of Bishops, and World Youth Day by staying tuned to us here at Salt and Light. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Mikey Needleman, with his Litany of the Saints. This We Ask of You, from his album, We Ask of You. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Blessed Mary, too. Strengthen families filled with love. This we ask of you. Oh, Saint Michael, pray for us. St. Maurice too Shield us as we fight for truth This we ask of you Our intentions offer up Our doubt like burning incense rising up to our Lord through you. Saint Gianna, pray for us, Catherine of Sweden too. Watch over the vulnerable among us this ask of you Thomas Aquinas pray for us John the Apostle too help us to teach and to be taught this we ask of you Our intentions offer up Our doubt removed Like burning in 
That was Mikey Needleman with This We Ask of You from his album, We Ask of You. Now, last we spoke with Mikey Needleman, uh, it was in June 2016, and he and his band were working on this new liturgical album, the album which we've been listening to. Um, It's ready, it's done, and it's out. Um, We Ask of You is their fourth album, and to tell us all about it, I'm now joined by Mikey Needleman. Mikey, welcome back to the Sultanite Hour. Hello, it's so good to be here. This is the the uh, the long expected album because I think I yeah, think you're y- telling me. <laughs> oh, it really? Was, uh, it was over a year of of uh, you know being in the studio and production, all that kind of stuff. It, it was probably the longest project I've ever done. Really, really. Can you tell us a bit about that? Was it just kind of difficulties, or is just kind of the nature of 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 the process? What was? It, Probably a lot of things. I think the mo- the main part was that we've been we're busier now than we mm-hmm. ever have. And when I say we, me and my band, yeah, um, we're just we're playing a lot. So not only is it hard to schedule studio time, but it's also you know hard on my voice. And you know I can't record vocals if you know if I've got scratchy vocals and stuff like that. So um, it's it's kind of just being patient, uh, if anything, right? Not trying to rush through it. Um, and then you couple that with being, you know, a perfectionist like I am, being, you know, self, self-conscious on everything. You know, the studio is a, a scary thing. It's like putting everything under a microscope. So That's terrible. Self-conscious. So, so I shouldn't tell the perfectionist of you that, that we like your scratchy voice? Yeah, well, it make me feel better, I guess. So, yeah, that's fine. So, because it's not, there's six tracks in this album, right? Yeah, yes. Um, they're all original. I mean, this is part of... Uh, c- c- Correct me if I'm wrong, because your previous album was also a liturgical album. Do, do I have the sense that these two albums are related somehow? Yes. In fact, this is probably the third in a trilogy Okay, um, that we kind of set out to do. Um, for the future, I'm not sure if I'm going to put out another liturgical record or you know, a, a singer-songwriter or, or worship, but... We definitely knew going into this that this is going to be the third of, of kind of a trilogy okay. um, of, of liturgical records. So these are songs that people can act, can use at Mass? At Mass and, and a lot of the other, you know, Catholic uh, traditional things that we do, such as uh, right. adoration and, um, you know, the, the song you guys just listened to was uh, Litany, of the the Litany of the Saints. The Litany of the Saints, yeah. That kind of comes into play in a lot of different feasts, but then also kind of outside of the mass and different worship right can be used and then there's a pentecost sequence um mm-hmm. that that can obviously you be used at pentecost i guess i don't know where else yeah, you'd sure. use it um well you can use it for confirmation <laughs> for co- yeah that's right like that. yeah and healing waters that's also good for a lot of a lot of theme so so um I, I guess it's kind of a silly question to ask you what's your hope for the album uh, in terms of how people are going to use it clearly you want people to use these m- songs at mass and sure. at other liturgical services. In the past three records, this one included, it's, it's always been writing for, uh, with, with the uh, the music minister in mind, okay. with the choir in mind, with the congregation in mind, mm-hmm. um, all three of those things, writing music that would translate well to different instruments, yeah. writing music that, that was singable, um, and then also writing music that was, uh, you know, uh, 
simple for a congregation to be able to kind of join in immediately. Okay. Um, and you, you kind of see that in the, in the Pentecost sequence, for example, is, is an echo sequence. It's mm-hmm. a call and response. So often, you know, when we do those sequences, we do a song and, and the cantor kind of does it, and we don't really know what's going on because we've never heard the song before. Or we haven't right. heard it in a year. So we, we wrote that in mind, like, how do we get people to sing? Um, how do we, you know, write the song even uh, simple enough that, you know, the most uh, advanced musicians um, can do it as well as, you know, people who are, you know, more casual uh, musicians can also play along with the song. So picking right keys and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it, it's kind of very intentional on trying to get it into the churches, um, into those events so that it's easily adaptable to whatever situation you need it for. Yeah, no, that's true, and it's tricky because to write something that works well for guitar, let's say, might not work great for piano or organ Absolutely. or choir. So you've tried to make sure that it doesn't matter what your music group at church looks like, you can do these these songs. If your guitar player can only play three chords and no bar chords, they can still <laughs> play your music, right? That's the hope. That's the hope. I mean, it's it's really a, a tough deal, and uh, just trying to make it as versatile as possible while keeping the integrity. But I think we did a really good job, and I'm really yeah. proud of of how we were able to, you know, bring out the beauty and simplicity, and bring out the beauty and, and the amazing tradition of the Catholic Church without having to compromise, you know, yeah, all that stuff. Of course. So the the album is published by World Library Publications. Are they publishing the songbook as well, so people can get the sheet music to play along? Yeah. The sheet music should be available on the World Library Publications website yeah. um, very soon. Typically, um, they send that off to um, a professional who's much more talented than me they can, to yeah. uh, put that all ready for uh, a, a piano parts and, right. and uh, octavos and stuff like that. It's a little bit above my knowledge, um, but they do such a good job of making sure that it then gets into the hands, not only the recordings, but also the sheet music and the scores so that so that yeah, it can be it can be used. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the point. Yeah, and that's always it was fun to see your work being presented that way. So there's the piano version, or the the full score version, or the choral version. Um, when when you work, when you talk about you plural, I guess you and your band working, mm-hmm. thinking about some of these songs and 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 what. So there's there's the organic part of of the songwriting that then you, as, as a craft, work on it to make it work for congregation or for congregational singing. How is that process with the band? Is that mostly Mikey Needleman doing the writing, or do you guys collaborate as a group? How does that work? It's it's probably mostly me um, at first, and then it's kind of refined by the band. Okay. Um, so I kind of come up with the idea and the basic structure, and we kind of well, use it when we go, go into the studio. Um, it's the band and the producer, uh, and we talk through things. We say, well, what if we did this here? Would that, you know, would that be a better thing to do? Or, you know, maybe the bass player says, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that this part's a little bit tricky for a congregation to do. Like, what? how can we smooth that out? Okay. Um, so, yeah, so really they're kind of the proofreaders of, of my work to, mm-hmm. you know, be a, a second voice to that. Um, on top of that, World Library Publication, they... I send them the demos, and they also come back with some edits. Right. Say, you know, for example, um, you know, instead of saying me or I, we change that to we. we. Um, you know, just little, little uh, practical things that sometimes I just kind of just forget about, that having a second set of eyes on it, yeah. third, fourth, fifth set of eyes on it, really um, 
helps in in that goal. Yeah, for sure. And they they are the publisher, so I guess they have a say. Um, yeah. <laughs> so would you say then that the the way you and your band have performed the songs and the recording is how they could be or best be done at mass? Or is this going to be, or are these like more the performance version, but the the mass version can be a little different? I think yeah, the latter. I think we when we did this, we we wanted the recordings themselves to be as uh, full and high energy and uh, captivating as possible. Yeah. Um, for the you know pop the CD in your car and, and start mm-hmm. driving kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of our goal with the recording. Um, so. So yeah, I it, I think it also be really really tough. You know, our band is uh, guitars, bass, drums. Um, and, you know, we we do a lot of synth stuff yeah. and stuff like that. It would be really hard to even put a group like that in it, a Sunday, it, yeah. You know, liturgy. So we we do I guess our take on the song, right? Um, hoping that people can then hear it and say, well, you know, this is what we have. We've got, you know, a different setup instrumentally, chorally, all that kind of stuff, and still be able to, to do it. Um, one thing that I really do like about this record specifically is I, we, we always try to make sure that all of our songs uh, are, are a little bit different. They're not, that you wouldn't say, oh, that's classic mm. Mikey Needleman sound. It's like, we like to, you know, challenge ourselves and the listener uh, from song to song. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the songs, like the first song you heard, is just kind of pretty much me on guitar and cello. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other songs that are very uh, more full band, uh, youth rally, uh, driving yeah. you know type songs that you wouldn't necessarily perform that way uh, in Lent. Um, I would, right. even if I was playing with my band, we wouldn't perform it that no. way in Lent. Yeah. There's that discernment that we are called to do to to fit it to our congregation for the yeah. mood and all that kind of Yeah, of course, and that makes sense. And I guess that's what's beautiful about music in general, that it can be adapted. Um, just in closing, with a little time that we have, so you're going to be at NCYC, the National Catholic Youth Conference in Indianapolis in November. Um, so if any listeners are thinking of going to, going to uh, thinking of being there, they should look you up. Um, you guys are, are you doing a liturgy? Or are you performing? What's your... Per- we- We'll be performing um, on Friday, the seventeenth of November. Okay. Um, at eleven fifteen for uh, a mega session warm up is what they call it. Okay. Um, yeah. So good. Fr- Friday, uh, November seventeenth at eleven fifteen at the convention center. And if you look for our name in the catalog, you'll yeah, see they'll it find it. Okay, that. great. So that's good. Yeah. So a lot of people go to NCYC. So maybe some of our listeners are really like, oh, great, I can go meet Mikey Needleman. Um, and go sure. go sing with you, Mikey. Uh, thank you. I'm glad the album finally came out, and <laughs> that you sent me a copy. Actually, you sent me two copies, so I got an extra one. If anybody wants a free one, maybe I'll send them to them. Email okay. me. Email me here at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Mikey, thank you for what you do. Um, I won't be at NCYC, but I'm sure we'll connect at some point. Um, keep Thanks. doing keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. All right. You can learn all about Mikey Needleman and his band. You can purchase their music and this new album, We Ask of You, or book them to come to your event at their website, MikeyNeedleman.com. And I'm going to put that on our website so you can find it easily, MikeyNeedleman.com. And, of course, you can purchase uh, uh, this album and other music at World Library Publications, WLPMusic.com as well. Here now is the Mikey Needleman Band with Go In Peace from this new album, We Ask Of You. (laughs) 
We're listening to the Mikey Needleman Band with Go In Peace from their new album, We Ask Of You. You can find out how to get We Ask Of You and all about Mikey Needleman and all our guests at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where you can listen to all these interviews again if you missed any part of this program and also to listen all our Salt and Light Hour programs at any time. And to make it really easy, the Salt and Light Hour is also available as a free podcast off iTunes. Just search for it on your iTunes store. Next week, Matt Marr has a new album. He has a new album called Echoes, and he's going to be with us to tell us all about it. So you don't want to miss that conversation with Matt Marr next week. Remember to reach out to us at saltandlighttv.org. Also, you can reach me at Emmy Callen and Billy at Bijo Chan. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. Thanks for being with us. I'm Emily Callen. And I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the, the Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour.